0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to Climate Change, the real story podcast with our host, Dr. Marks. Dr. Marks, how are you? and What's our topic for today? Um, I am very fine. The topic for today uh, is a quote, and the quote is something that a lot of people already know uh, or heard of, and it comes uh, from uh, a Harvard professor of philosophy by the name of George Santayana. And it's one that I think people are familiar with. It says, those who cannot learn from the past are condemned to repeat it. And I'm going to show you how we're repeating it. That's powerful, Dr. Marks. So it's true. It always happens that way, man. Yes. I mean, that quote has been uh, used for politicians. It's been used for sports. It's been used for education, that we make the same mistake over and over again uh, and, and the like. So what I want to do is relate it to climate change. So if you're a listener here, and you're over 55, you will remember the oil shortages of 1976 to 1980. If you are younger than 55, it is well worth your while to ask people who lived through that era or look it up on the internet. You will find some dramatic things. Now, think all the way back. 1976 was a political year uh, where Jimmy Carter was the uh, candidate for the Democratic Party running against the in, in incumbent uh, Republican um, Gerald Ford. And the hot topic was uh, oil shortages. Uh, that the Democratic primary had every one of the candidates who were in a debate all agreeing that the world was running out of oil and would run out of oil by 2005 and 2000 or 2015 at the very latest. It was an accepted axiom. Nobody argued with it. We all had to honker down, according to them. Now, who were they? Well, uh, in the debate stage of the 1976 Democratic Party was Jerry Brown, the governor of California, Henry okay. Scoop Jackson, uh, the senator from Washington State, Frank Church, a senator from Idaho, Sergeant Shriver, a U.S. diplomat left over from the Kennedy administration, uh, let's see, uh, Mo Udall, a congressman from Arizona, George Wallace, the governor of Alabama at the time, and the soon-to-be president, Jimmy Carter. Well, at that time, they all agreed that the world was running out of oil and that science was clear about this, and many scientists backed it up and supported it. There was no need for any more evidence. Uh, An oil shortage became then the accepted, undisputed fact of the era. Well, Jimmy Carter, as history notes, went on to be president. He instituted several executive orders and laws that came to pass that caused a major problem. If you recall them, and I lived through them, and I think probably um, Neil Haley here, my my co-host, uh, remembers him, what had occurred was gasoline was rationed. You couldn't fill up your tank, fully, you were limited to eight gallons or 10 gallons. Uh, Then it was on even odd days or even days or some code related to your license plate. Gasoline lines were blocks and blocks long for people to fill up just to go to work every day. It created altercations and physical fights within gas stations at that time. There was also a black market for gasoline. People were siphoning gasoline from parked cars. I know I saw that myself. Uh, Jimmy Carter went on TV and told us that we wanted, during the winter time, to keep your thermostat set at 68 degrees or less. And he made the big claim that uh, a cooler temperature is better for your immune system. I guess Jimmy Carter didn't have good medical advice. Because cooler systems support viral growth more than fungal growth or bacterial growth. That's why we have viral colds much more common during our winter time. So, um, a lot of things added up. Probably the most egregious thing to everybody was that the uh, speed limit was 55 miles per hour, no more. And that was a national thing on every interstate and every highway that. Uh, cars could go more than uh, 55 miles an hour. Think of that, if that would be on today. Would you want to have a, a 55 mile per hour maximum on every one of your interstates today? No. I, I, can't, I Absolutely, I don't think anybody. So, I'm not trying to overplay this, but during that time, this public, including me, accepted the fact that the oil was running out and we had to be good citizens and support that we couldn't buy gas guzzlers, and if we did, like vans and and uh, uh, pickup trucks, they were so high a price you couldn't afford them. Uh, then, of course, Jimmy Carter, you know, suffered from the misery index. Uh, if you recall what the misery index was, it was inflation plus unemployment. It reached seventeen and a half to eighteen percent during his administration. And that caused him not to be reelected in 1980 when Ronald Reagan ran against him and captured 49 of the 50 states in his election bid. Jimmy Carter, very honest man, but just was overwhelmed by that falsity that there was an oil shortage and all the downhill things that occurred after that. Now, since then, we know that oil reserves have been found in the Dakotas that are going to last for decades. Uh, Alberta, Canada is full of oil. That's what the Keystone Pipeline is all about. Venezuela is rich with oil. Iran is. Iraq is. Saudi Arabia hasn't depleted their stores yet. New science has found uh, more oil in the Gulf of Mexico and in the North Sea. So there never was, and there probably won't be for centuries, a real oil shortage. But somehow... An entire population of the United States was made to believe that there was an oil shortage and we better do something dramatic about it. Well, the point I'm trying to make, doesn't this kind of sound familiar to you about climate change? Aren't we being told that it's an accepted thing? Don't argue with it. Uh, you know, we can't eat meat because cows uh flagellate too much and we don't put corks in their butt. Uh that certainly uh was just recently advanced. Uh, that The world is going through a a climate warming that cannot be reversed. It's actually a crisis. It's been called a a cop apocalypse. Well, again, this administration taking the same venue, using that as a stick to beat the public over the head with. You can already see what's going on. Mandates for EV cars, particularly in California and several other states. Um, Higher gasoline prices, we've all seen that. Inflation, there are two wars going on, a lot of which oil is dependent on those wars. We've been enriching Venezuela, China, and Russia, because we have reduced our uh, energy uh, down to being energy dependent when we were energy independent, all because of this fictitious notion that fossil fuels putting out CO2 is somehow bad for us. What they have put out is that they want a carbon tax, a carbon credits, they want carbon caps so that different organizations can trade carbon. That doesn't reduce carbon one bit, and they want carbon trade. Yet carbon from fossil fuels and CO2 is not the underlying cause of of global warming. And I illustrate that very well in my first book, climate change, the real story. And I amplify that in the upcoming book, Climate Change, the Hoax of CO2, where I will show you why it is a hoax. But right now, we're under pressure, just like we were in the oil shortage era of Jimmy Carter's administration by another administration that seems to be clueless about real science. So if I say that uh, CO2 is not the problem, and it's not promoting climate change, am I a rogue or a lone wolf? The answer is no, and hell no. The answer is that Climate Change Intelligence Group of 1,609 non-government-supported scientists say the same thing. Just like the beginning of the 1980s, when we as a public realized that there was no oil shortage, we are all starting to realize that global warming is not going on at the rapid pace we've been told, we all are starting to realize that it's really not due to CO2 or even methane that's producing the flatulence of cows, yet that's constantly being pushed down our throats by the United Nations and our own country. So my ending here is that I think we all need to realize that there's no climate apocalypse caused by CO2. And I'll leave you with one final quote. That's one you've heard again before. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Let's not be fooled twice by the same sleight of hand that's going on from our government, corrupt scientists, and the application we're seeing from the media. All right. Well, thanks again, uh, Dr. Marks. That was Climate Change The Real Story podcast. Soon, the Dr. Robert Marks Show soon will be premiering. Very soon, we'll be updating you uh, concurrently what's happening, but we appreciate you always coming by with such great analysis. Great. Thank you. All right, that was Climate Change, the Real Story podcast with Dr. Robert Marks. Guys, take care.